0: REBEL WITH A CAUSE, EPISODE 79 Welcome back to another episode of Rebel with a Cause. I am your host, Eric, and tonight joining me is Bobby Jo Woods. She is the author of The Diabetic to Ketogenic, Reclaim Your Health with Real Food, and she also owns the ketolish.us website, which has the compendium of her ketogenic recipes and articles to help you navigate healing through the ketogenic lifestyles. Bobby, how's it going tonight?
1: I'm doing great, Eric. How are you?
0: Oh, I am doing fantabulous.
1: <laughs> Not, never better. Thank you.
0: Awesome, awesome. Uh, so the uh, I was kind of scrolling through uh, some of the recipes on the uh, on the website there, and uh, you have one for ketchup. And I know <laughs> a lot of people when they're going through keto, uh, the ketogenic uh, recipes, they never find one for ketchup. So <laughs> I just thought that was awesome. I was like, oh my gosh, she's got one for ketchup. I'm gonna have to try it. <laughs>
1: I'm kind of yeah. I'm, I'm that's a funny thing you mentioned that because it's my most popular recipe and I don't have very many on there. There's only like, like, like 20 some, um, because I I do have a book that I'm still trying to get popular. It's not popular yet. So I've been trying to like dangling the carrot a little and just releasing a new recipe each week. And, um, the website is fairly new and, um, but yeah, ketchup, so white trash of me. Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you'd, um, you'd be amazed, you know, because I do uh, no sugar, no grains. And so that pretty much just rules out ketchup altogether.
1: Yes, hashtag NSNG. So, yeah. Yeah. But um, that's my most popular recipe. And I've, I found the power of Pinterest has helped with that. And I'm not a <laughs> Pinterest lady. And, you know, there is like the typical Pinterest lady, you know, and she's out there, you know, looking for all her mommy crafts and all her ways to make money from home and yeah. ketchup like the hottest thing on Pinterest right now for that stupid recipe that I made. And I'm very happy about that, but you know, it gets the most comments and it gets the most pins and everything like that. And um, yeah, I just, one day I just decided to try like a low carb sugar free version of um, Heinz ketchup. It was um, marketed as uh, no sugar added and sugar free. Yeah. and I at the ingredients and as like sucralose and you know all this yeah. other stuff and I'm not a fan of sucralose. I used to be a huge proponent of Splenda back in the early days, you know, back in like 2000, 2006, you know. Yeah. But now that there's natural sweeteners out there that we know are from non-GMO stuff and we know that are not going to spike our blood sugar Um, it just tastes better. If you want to sweeten things, you know, there's lots of ways to do it. Amazon has a lot of stuff. And I just decided one day to make some, some ketchup, like the corniest thing in my head. And I'm like, I don't really need any ketchup, but I would like some. And I hadn't had any in a long time. Yeah. Um, Some low carb people just use a small amount and they can get away with it and fits into their macros which, you know, I don't want to go too heavy with the jargon too early because some of your listeners may not be very familiar, but, um, so I tried it and I was astounded at how much better it tasted than the, um, sort of, you know, diabetic version that Heinz sold. And so I'm very pleased to say that I'll make it again. And I've, you know, it's become a staple in my fridge and, and I'm kind of like a little bit hippie granola when it comes to like making foods because Almost everything I eat is whole. I do admit to liking things like salamis and pepperonis, but um, for the most part, I mean, I make, I just, I made mayo tonight. I make everything. So making ketchup has sort of become second nature if I want some ketchup for meatloaf or I'm having people over and we're having burgers on the grill and I don't have any, and they don't know the difference. I use a Heinz bottle. (laughs) I'm not trolling anybody, but it tastes just like Heinz. And you'd be surprised that a lot of um, people that have ketchup recipes out there don't include the secret ingredient, which is just a little bit of ground clove Um, along with that onion powder. It kind of gives it that Heinz taste. So Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that was uh, probably what was missing in a recipe that I found. It um, it it wasn't bad. It wasn't ketchup. It tasted a little bit mo- more like a Heinz 57 sauce, if you remember yeah. that stuff.
1: Yeah, kind of vinegary and strong. yeah.
0: So I was like, well, this will work.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm not a
0: huge fan of it, but it'll work.
1: <laughs> kind of like Desert Island sauce. If you're going to be having sauce. It's, you can't be that picky, right? It's like, take what you can get.
0: Yep. Pretty much. And uh, yeah, like you said, I usually, uh, when I make burger patties, you know, I'll just like do a little bit of mustard on it and that's it. But oh, you know, every yeah. now and then, you know, just a little bit of, a little bit of that homemade ketchup will do
1: all right. Oh yeah. Especially with a burger patty. I mean, uh, I, yeah. I like to cut up a burger patty with a little bit of lettuce and tomato and pretend I'm having a Whopper without the bun. you know?
0: So. Yep. Yep. I've done that several times. It's actually kind of fun going out to restaurants and requesting that kind of stuff. Cause
1: uh, <laughs> yes.
0: down here in the South, you know, the moment you say, yeah, can I have a burger without a bun? You're going to get the look like you've got something growing out of the side of your head first.
1: Right. right? And and you're then, question and then,
0: Why you don't want a bun. Yeah.
1: And then they, you look around the corner into the kitchen and you see like pandemonium Well, everybody's looking for the no burger button. And you know, how <laughs> do you make this? And no, it's uh, it's, it's, it's become pretty common. I think it's become pretty common in the Metro here where I live. It's, I mean, it's the Northern states you know i'm not a degenerate yankee but i am a northerner so (laughs) shout out to you know who um but uh no it's funny that you mentioned a burger because i had a burger for dinner and had a little bit of uh goat cheese on it it was terrific
0: Mm. some nice goat cheese did you did you melt the cheese on top
1: no it was not it was a little cold disc that i got and it had a little bit of uh herbs de provenance on it and oh okay I just kind of set it on there and plated the burger and it just kind of had this cool fresh tanginess with a bite of burger alongside of it it was really good
0: yeah sometimes i'll get those uh, blue cheese crumbles and i'll just put it on there and let it melt for a little bit before i start eating it
1: oh there you go yeah
0: so good <laughs> but yeah that's um yeah down here in the south if it's not breaded or fried or it comes on a bun people just kind of
1: wrong with you <laughs>
0: <laughs> i was like what what do you mean no bread i was like no bread and then, and then you'll get the, the side salad and it's got croutons all in it. I was like, I ordered a burger without any bread. You yeah, <laughs> know, bread and a salad. Thanks.
1: Well, at least, I mean, croutons, at least those are one of those big things you can kind of pick out easily. It's not yeah, like yeah. It,
0: it's just kind of funny. He's like, ah, come on, people think.
1: <laughs> well, it's just weird because, you know, our my grandparents, I don't know how old you are. I assume late 20s, early 30s. I'm almost 50. And my grandparents, you know, they, they maybe eat bread, but it was like, it maybe it was a treat, it wasn't something that was part of their daily life, and they weren't inhaling, you know, nutrient grain bars and frappuccino yeah. and all this other stuff that markets itself as sort of healthy, but we know isn't. I mean, a whole wheat bagel is going to hit you about the same as a Snickers regular size candy bar, as far as your body is concerned. And so, I think it's important for people to kind of know this stuff. I don't think people do. Um, and so for me, keto was one of those things that that I, when I got into it, it wasn't because I wanted to try something new. It was I had health reasons. So I don't want to jump ahead of you, but
0: <laughs> no, that's okay. I mean, you totally flattered me by saying I was in my late twenties, early uh, thirties. was
1: a wild guess. <laughs> that
0: that was a that was a way out of left field guess. I'm going to be turning forty at the end of the of this month, so.
1: Okay. So late thirties would have been maybe a better guess. I don't know. I mean, you have young, very young children. So I made made kind of an assumption.
0: (laughs) But I'll take it. I'll take it.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, it's weird because we're, people are marrying a little older these days, aren't they? And having kids and settling in, maybe not in their twenties, more like thirties, late thirties.
0: Yeah, and then every now and then you'll catch those uh, people that do it the other way. You know, it's like eighteen, right out of high school, they get married and already have like two or three kids.
1: Yeah, you and know, like, what are you doing? What's so weird? You mentioned that because I used to laugh at like the girls in the yearbook photo where their quote was, you know, get married and have kids. And I was like, um I'm a little upset that I felt that way now because I was raised to be like this uber feminist, and I'm kind of regretting a lot of it. So anyway, your story saved for later.
0: Yeah, that, that'll that be another uh, podcast episode altogether, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there's a lot of people that you could probably interview better for that kind of thing. but.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um... I've,
1: I've spent the last five or so years kind of unlearning a lot of stuff that like feminism has sort of taught me as a person in this generation, a female in this generation, so...
0: Yeah, I've been kind of on this kick uh, lately I was uh, just trying to tell people about libertarianism and everything. And I was like, you know, your your grandparents and your great grandparents kind of already knew this kind of stuff. Yeah. So we're just kind of rediscovering it. And uh, I was actually uh, looking back at some uh, old music uh, from like the 1920s. Oh, God, I love and and there is a song called Roly Poly.
1: And, oh, yeah.
0: and it's about a big old fat guy. And what is he eating? Corn and taters all the long day.
1: So, corn and taters.
0: Yeah, so I was, uh, I was just thinking, it was like, wow, they kind of knew it back then too. This, you fed corn and taters to the pigs and the uh, and the cows, and they'll they'll get fat.
1: They absolutely did. They yeah. absolutely did. If you you could actually rule this, well, should you can you can DDG this? I'm getting used to saying DDG because I'm I'm opting out of so many Google products over the years. Yeah. Uh, so DDG for people who didn't catch that DuckDuckGo. That's my offer. It doesn't track anybody. Um, anyway, so yeah, you can Google it that, um, hogs, hogs, uh, hog farmers have known for centuries. If you want to fatten a hog, what do you eat? If you feed them, you feed them grain cereal and skimmed milk. Yep. So, so look at, look at where we are today. We have children uh, under 10 that are, I don't even know the percentile, but they're, they're way out of their weight class they're already busting out of their jeans and having. They're beyond huskies. Remember huskies in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the big kids had to wear huskies, and <laughs> the regular kids just wore like regular Levi's or Lee yeah. jeans.
0: I had, I had a friend who was upset he could, he couldn't get Jordash jeans because they didn't make them in the husky size.
1: God, I would have killed for a pair of Jordash in my day because I was I started to get kind of chubby when I was about between twelve and thirteen. Uh-huh. And if you looked, if I was to post like a class picture or a picture of me standing in front of the school choir doing my solo, you might go, "She doesn't really look fat," but compared to all the other children, I was chubby. Yeah, I was like one of maybe two or three. And now, when you go to a, go to a school, like an auditorium for an assembly or something, or watch a bunch of kids do something, you see like maybe a handful of kids that are normal weight and it's the other way around. And it's very sad. Um, yeah, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we were, we grew up on cereal and milk and it was like, you know, they, they told, they told, uh, you know, like you, if your dad had a heart attack or something, the doctor would be like, no eggs, you know, no butter, you know, here's the, they make liquid eggs in a carton. It's not real eggs. You look at the ingredients. It's like soybean oil. Oh,
0: yeah. All the worst stuff.
1: Uh, yeah. And then it's like, you know, a natto color for coloring and like hardly any salt. And it's like, it's just like, it's really sad because, um, you know, kids, these kids aren't even getting a chance and half of them are losing their teeth, you know, cause they drink pop and stuff. And they're, um, the UK is experiencing like a dental epidemic and an obesity epidemic, just like we have with our kids here in the U S and, my hope is that more people kind of, you know, going back to your statement about, you know, the old days and stuff like that is that the traditional diets really are where it's at when it comes to health and um, becoming more sort of, I guess, without being gross, kind of nose to tail and as whole food as possible and least processed as possible is, is really um, where people are becoming more vivacious and they're literally reclaiming their health. And I feel 25. (laughs) I literally have never felt this good um, since I've been a kid. So um, I mean, at 30, 30 some years old, I already felt like I was 80 with all the problems that I was facing with my health. And um, I went through a lot of like the typical, you know, go to the doctor, get diagnosed, be put on meds and be put on different meds and then different meds and then same meds, but different dose. And just all this kind of, really horrible, awkward. I can't, can't even explain to you like how strange and depressing it felt to have like a basket on my kitchen table full of pill bottles.
0: Yeah. Uh, I have uh Hashimoto's, uh, thyroiditis myself. And so I have to take a Synthroid for it, for it. But, um, you know, one good news, uh, since I started doing this, that, uh, my thyroid was covered with about 20% of nodules. Oh and since doing that, it's completely clear. Now the damage is already done. Yes. Yeah. So I have a lot of scar tissue, but uh, there's no nodules there now. Uh, you know, the levels are, are in the normal ranges where they're supposed to be, but I'll, I'll probably be taking that Synthroid for the rest of my life. And it's always right. kind of fun when you're at the, at the office and you go pull out your, uh, your two little pill bottles uh, to start, you know, popping pills in the morning. And they're like, well, what's that for? <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, you know, I got this thing in the thyroid and I, I got to take this and, you know, because they're yeah. concerned that they just uh, hired a drug head, you know, that's going right. to be taking pills all day. Uh, to normal.
1: It makes you feel any better. You could say something like, well, you know, keep eating the way you're eating and you'll be doing the same thing in five years. I mean, <laughs> it sounds really snotty and kind of, you know, whatever, but I think there's a lot of people that kind of look down their nose at people who have, um, you know, who decide to change their lifestyle and they think it's a fad or they think, you know, Oh, you're just doing whatever because you want to be different and blah, blah. I mean, it's true. I've always been sort of a contrarian and kind of, you know, had my own unique way of doing things um, through life. But, but when it comes to your health, like it's so cliche, but you really, really, really miss it when it's gone and when it starts to become lacking and, um, we really are what we eat. I mean, I remember when we were like in first and second grade, you know, we're talking the mid seventies here, uh, to late, late seventies. And it was kind of before like the food pyramid was like sort of being pushed down our throats, just like, just before that. And I remember seeing posters and stuff like that in the cafeteria, like a cookie and an apple with like cartoon arms and legs, you know, like Mickey mouse and like eyes right. and stuff. And it's like you are where you eat at the top, and the apple is like all, you know, smiley and, you know, glowing and sort of shiny, and you can tell it was polished. And, and right. the, the cookie's got like half a bite out of it, and he's looking really sad, but he's like way bigger and fatter than the apple. And it's like really clear, you know, to the, uh, uh, supposed to be clear apparently, to the child reading this poster that you know, if you eat a cookie, you're going to look like this poor bastard. <laughs> the apple, you know, you're going to be this sort of picture of glowing radiant round health. And it's like, it doesn't make sense. And I think something that people are lacking is not information because we're in the age of the internet, right? we have the access to the inf- all the information we could possibly want except Hillary's emails, of course. But, anyway, <laughs> um, but the thing is, is like, we've been indoctrinated as much as it sounds, you know, like MK Ultra type stuff. We really have been told the wrong things for oh, yeah. going on four decades, maybe five depending. Yeah.
0: Not really uh, just health and wellness. It's uh, kind of everything.
1: Well, yeah. it is everything. And I yeah. think that your audience as libertarians are probably going to, you know, want to have, they want to, they have, the, they want to have the freedom to, to like learn what they want and, take and use what they can and then, you know, ignore the rest and stuff like that. But I think that they could appreciate the perspective on, you know, nutrition and better eating, um, that, you know, leads to, um, better health by ignoring, you know, what the government has been telling us for the last, uh, you know, since, since 1960, um, I think it was the big kickoff of course was, you know, when Eisenhower had his heart attack
0: Yep. And then a uh, good old Ansel Keys come in there and, and says, yeah, just, uh, you know, you can keep the smoking, but, uh, stop eating eggs and don't eat red meat.
1: Yeah. Have a, muffin. Of a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and have your bran muffin and your orange juice and, you know,
0: <laughs> orange juice. Don't get me started.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned Ansel Keys because that's the guy for the people who maybe don't know. Um, he's actually from Minnesota, which is where I hail from. Um, he, uh, decided to do this, uh, this, he had a hypothesis he wanted to prove, which was that, uh, heart disease was directly, um, as a result of saturated fat, which that's something that people who maybe aren't. Are listening don't know that it's not true are probably yeah. going, well, that's what we were taught. And that's what it said in, you know, the health papers and that's what our doctors been telling everybody in my family for the last 30, 40 years.
0: Still taught what happened
1: way. was, well, and they still do by and large. And there's a lot of people on Twitter and Facebook and parts of the internet where, you know, we're trying to help educate people of the truth. And the truth is that he took this, he took this hypothesis and he went out and he did this research to try to gather all this data. And what happened was he had this um he wound up with this kind of chart with all this data on it. And you know you have like your bar graph. Well he had sort of like um you know dots on the graph and then kind of connected it with a line. What actually happened was he had studied 33 countries and only seven of those countries actually produced hypothesis, correct? <laughs> was that but the thing was is he didn't take into account whether those people smoked he didn't take into account what other foods they ate. Um,
0: or just what their daily routine is, you know, because yeah, exactly. a lot of countries they're walking everywhere.
1: Exactly. You like, know. you know, if you think about it, you know, it's, it's, this it's the early seventies, late sixties um, in, in Europe, you know, people still probably like walk all over the place. They fish, you know, they're, they're hunter gatherers. They live a very active lifestyle. They go out and cut wood, you know, They're not sitting on their butts playing Xbox and, you know, throwing Doritos down all day long. Like we are. So,
0: you know, it's uh, a lot of that since the cities were older, you know, everything is kind of close together anyways. So, you know, it's just a bike ride across town, you know,
1: right. (laughs) Yeah. They're still
0: getting out there and got, they still eat Lord, you know? (laughs) So
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, and also they eat a lot of things like, um, herring and sardines and all that kind of stuff. And and, uh, that stuff is really healthy for you. It's got a lot of omega threes and, um, you know, they also do a lot of things like exposure to heat and cold quite often. So like, um, you know, when it's sunny, they'll spend the day outside and get warm. And then if it's cold and rainy, they'll still go outside and, you know, and get cold. And that I think that temperature exposure is something that we protect ourselves from like in the summer, you know, everything's air conditioned and in the winter, everything right. cozy, warm. And, And it's one of those things that is very healthy for you, too, is, you know, exposing yourself to the elements. And it's something that we did when we were kids. I mean, it didn't matter if it was blizzarding out. We wanted to go slide on the hill with the stupid sled and, you know, tell our noses were running all the way down to the ground. We didn't care. You know, when you're a kid and you have a healthy, you know, system, it feels good to just do whatever, you know, you don't, you're not upset about the elements, so,
0: Yeah, uh, I grew up a little bit in, uh, in Nevada. And so the, uh, the winters there could range, you know, from like a mild winter to, you know, it's going to be snowing and with a few feet of uh, snow on the ground. And uh, I remember one, one uh, school day afternoon, I just took off my shirt and my jacket and walked home that way in, the, in a snowstorm. <laughs> I got home everyone got mad you know started throwing things across the room it was like what are you doing you you idiot I can't believe you did it was like I'm fine right yeah, I put right. on a blanket I ate dinner that night it was it was okay
1: We were just like you wanted to wanted to feel what it was like to take my shirt off in the snow you know it's like yeah so cool my ex is from Hawaii so when he lived here well, I think he still does. I don't know. We're not friends anymore. But anyway, he was like it, you, you think it was you thought it was like a three-year-old in Christmas when it showed you. It was like, holy shit. Ran outside and like, it's like, oh my god, calm the hell down. It's going to be yeah. good. And then be about,
0: and six then about day six of it he probably got sick.
1: Of course. Sick of it. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. You know, I'm a very Nordic person anyway. I come from a long line of like, you know, half polar bears, half Vikings, you know, from the Great, vast, cold place of, like, Norway
0: or Finland. Uh, Oh, yeah. Like, one of my earliest memories, uh, you know, I was born in Omaha, Nebraska. A little bit after that, we moved across the river to Iowa. And I remember, yeah, and I remember one winter, like, snow piled up over the front door, and I was the only one small enough to fit through the bathroom window to go tunnel down to the front door. (laughs) (laughs) that was like one of my earliest memories people don't understand what kind of snow
1: we're talking about here right you you got to be the hamster to go through the tunnel
0: (laughs) yep exactly
1: (laughs) that's funny that's funny but uh yeah so i mean it's i think it's just i've been so i've been on a few social networks in my day i've been on instagram which is like naked gazing and half naked people and like look at this beautiful sunset it's so awesome i'm like you just have a really nice phone i mean yeah you know enjoy your sunset and shut up you know it's like i don't know i do that stuff too sometimes but you know i don't get naked and take pictures but i've been on i've been on google plus no nobody wants to see this honey trust me (laughs) i've been google plus was my savior as far as social networks go um because there was a bunch of us on Facebook and we got invites to this Google plus thing. And you're we like, hell yeah. You know, cause it was supposed to be cool and better. And, and so a bunch of us went over there and of course, you know, it died uh, two months ago or not. Yeah, even...
0: It was supposed to bill itself as kind of like the professional sh- uh, social network, but it they just got competed by everybody else.
1: Well, no, what actually ended up happening was that when they forced every new google account user to actually use a plus profile they started oh yeah yeah
0: yeah
1: that's when they started to get all the hate and stuff and i mean i'm a i'm a big defender of google plus for what it was before before i learned how crappy and and 1984-ish google actually is as a company Uh, you know and the thing was is like we had hangouts and we had all this cool stuff before facebook and everybody else did we had everything we had all you couldn't do 10 you couldn't do 10 people on a video call at the same time anywhere else um, before hangouts came along. And that was where I actually started to, I've actually met up with over a hundred people in person. Um, having done hangouts with people. Um, we had a hangout once where it was like people from India, people from Nigeria, some guy from China broke through the firewall and he got in there. Uh-oh. Uh We had a couple girls from like, You know, the West Coast, we had a girl from Vegas, a girl from California, a guy from New York. And and then there was me and then another gal in the Midwest. And it was like, we just thought it was the coolest thing in the world. We didn't know any of each other. And we just had a ball. And I think the novelty wore off maybe after about six months as far as literally hanging out all night, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And watching just making it be a public hangout. So the link was out there. So like anybody could just float in and out. And uh, that was that was the fun part. But anyway, so back to the whole thing about networking um, and social stuff. I guess the point I was trying to make was that um, I started to sort of really capture more of who I was with Google Plus as far as my online persona goes. And so after being in the ketogenic lifestyle for like a couple of years, people started to ask me, you know, oh, your pictures look so great and blah, blah, blah. I saw you last month and you know, what are you doing? And I started to just tell them that I know because of my diabetes getting so bad that I decided to take this into my own hands. and, And I did the research and it turned out that I was living in disease that was preventable and, and people don't realize that it is. People just think it happens to everybody or what could happen to everybody and that they have no control over it. And they just have to do what their doctor says. And I found out that the reverse was true and there were some people that I was friendly with that uh, we kind of go back and forth and sort of act a little trolly sometimes, but um, it's, it was all in fun. There were some people that kind of came after me and, you know, started calling me like a food Nazi and this and that and accusing me of like telling people how to live. And I didn't do any of that. Most of the people that I told things to were people that came to me in private or would, make comments and say I'd, I'd love right. some tips. you know I'd love some tips and and I, I promise I was only giving you know advice to people who asked for for the guidance and yet these people continue to chase me onto Twitter so it's been a really interesting kind of you know finding myself back on here even though I've been using it since 2008 I I, when I was using Google Plus for so many years, uh, Twitter was really on the back burner. I really hated it. I still kind of really hate it, (laughs) but uh, but I've got my
0: problems with it as well. So don't feel alone on that.
1: That's how I found you. And that's, I'm really finding my people here. And, and it isn't just because, you know, that it's Twitter. It's just, I've decided to ignore the naysayers and the sort of haters and just kind of do my thing. And so I guess like I was trying to say is that it was discouraging for a while. Because it felt like if I wanted to promote myself, then I was asking for, you know, kind of that kind of attention. And, you know, it's just, it's really nightmarish when you have to kind of find your way. And just when you think you're fixing all your problems in your life, people kind of (laughs) decide to do that kind of stuff. And it's like, really, dude, like that's that's the last thing I really need. So that's when I was just kind of like also finding libertarians on here and so what do you know i'm finding some people that are keto and libertarian like you a few other people that i've become really sort of really friendly with on here and not just like you know tweeting back and forth but like actually messaging each other and getting to know each other and planning meetups and things like that and it's really it's really made me feel like a lot better you know about what i'm doing and, uh, anyway, sorry, I'm not getting off for, for clumped or anything. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like, I wasn't really, I'm still a recovering statist, you know that. But, um, sometimes people kind of, sometimes people like to get into it with me and like, Oh, you should know this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, I don't want to be one of those people that tests everybody's purity with liberty. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the, the whole libertarian purity test, uh, two by four or whatever it's used to <laughs> keep people out. It's, I, I, Everyone has got that one issue that or two or three issues that they um, can't square with just yet. Uh, and it's either because you know they haven't done enough reading, they haven't talked to other people who have already gone through that. And so there's always this thing of, I was like, well, my last hang up was Uh, military or defense force. And I didn't think, uh, you know, I was totally dead set against private military uh, contractors, right? which is what, you know, a private military would be. And that was kind of like my last hang up. But it it took me reading a book by uh, uh, Bob Murphy called Chaos Theory. uh, And he just kind of went through chapter and verse of how that would work in a free society. And so uh, even with the uh, ketogenic, uh, no sugar, no no grains, uh, low carb, high fat stuff, uh i think it does appeal to libertarians because number one we're sticking it to the government we're not going to do what you tell us
1: exactly
0: yeah and then the other part of it is it's contrary to what other people are doing and if there's anything libertarians are it's like we're a pack of rabid wolverines we all want to go our own separate directions right yeah and so a lot of people find it through that in fact there's a ketotarian group on facebook so oh, right. okay. yeah so libertarians who are doing ketogenic diets and we share this stuff all through there we'll post little goofy memes and everything else in there so That's yeah I, yeah i think uh libertarians and uh, the ketogenic diets uh are all just kind of they just mesh together so well just because it's just so abstract as to what everyone else is thinking or doing
1: well and the thing is with keto too is like there's so many kind of flavors and brands of keto right i mean keto just means yeah you're burning your body's fat or you're burning dietary fat either way. Um, with, in my case, um, I've been actually kind of slowing down on the fat because I still have my own fuel to use. Let's face it. I've got a tire going on here. So, um, so I've been doing that, but I'm glad you brought that up, because keto really is a very libertarian approach to a life because you really are ignoring what the government has said. You really are.
0: You're doing it yourself.
1: You're, and you're doing it your own way. Like, there's a lot of yep. people out there that are really purists when it comes to keto, and they'll say, ah, oh, you know, Bobby Joe, that ketchup isn't keto." Well, you know what? If it fits in my macros, it's keto. And I don't like to say if it fits in my macros because then technically I could have, a, you know, Nature Valley granola bar with ice cream if it fits in my macros, but I don't eat that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, exactly.
1: I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to that stuff, but. I'm not going to tell other people what to do, and I kind of resented that people would actually say that to me, and and then and then come on Twitter and like get into arguments with me about being vegan. And I, I never attacked a vegan. I might have posted a couple memes or retweeted a couple memes, but that wasn't a personal attack. I mean, I don't understand. Yeah, you yeah know? with
0: with me, the whole vegan thing is you can be a vegan, and you might have some kind of moral <laughs> or ethical thing because you don't want to kill animals and. There is definitely a discussion to be had about factory farming practices. Uh, Yeah. My problem are the vegan doctors that get out there. Like, you know, the Michael Griegers of the world who tell you that eating an egg is like smoking an entire carton of cigarettes. It's like a 70 on the glycemic scale. (laughs) Do just
1: address the fact that that guy looks like the keeper right now?
0: (laughs) Jesus Christ. I, um, there was a a picture, you know who Dr. Sean Baker is the carnivore guy. Yeah.
1: He talks to me on his tweets. I love him.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, Dr. Sean Baker, there was a picture of him with his shirt off, and then there was a picture of Michael Grieger in like a t-shirt. It was like Uh-oh. one eats nothing but vegetables, the other one eats nothing but meat. Which one would you fuck?
1: <laughs> oh my god!
0: <laughs> I laughed at it so hard. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Uh, me. I don't even
1: want to know what his what his body looked like. I just don't. I, I just ate dinner. Like...
0: <laughs> so sorry to do that to you so soon uh, after uh, eating. Sorry
1: it's just if you look at pictures of him like in the 90s or whatever and now like yeah. his, his teeth are like weird and his yeah teeth- they're all
0: modeled and everything from all the all the like, crap that he's been his eating eyes
1: and- are kind of sunken in like speaking of concentration camps today right his eyes are kind of sunken in like the like the the people in the gulags or whatever it's like oh my god i can't look at them and i'm not that's it i'm not going to talk anymore about people's bodies because i'm not a body shamer i'm not one of those people but no
0: no it's but yeah literally people like him that have to lie to people in order to promote some kind of uh, lifestyle
1: yeah so that's uh, what i
0: have a problem with yeah
1: i think that a lot of these people have like partnerships with, I'm not going to do conspiracy theories, but I think a lot of these people have partnerships with some of the. Oh, that's fine.
0: You can say Walter Willett, you know, gets paid by Unilever.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, Coca-Cola is a bigger, uh, one of the biggest funders and PepsiCo are the biggest funders of both the Heart Heart Association and the American Diabetes Association. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, oil
0: companies sponsor uh, green initiatives. So
1: Absolutely. But like, so if you think about it, um, here, here in Minnesota, we are the home of Pillsbury general mills, um, mostly
0: stealing all your water.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That's another one to talk about. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, so here in Minnesota, um, if you want to say, uh, general mills headquarters, which is, you know, way out in the friggin' suburbs, like it takes an hour just to get there. And it's like, you know, it's like a complex, you know, like the Mall of America. And it's like, you know, fenced and yarded and everything. Yeah. And you know, every time they get together to have like one of their big team meetings about some stupid product they add to a cornflake or something, you yeah. know, for a fact that all those executives probably feed their kids salmon and broccoli with butter on it, you know, oh, they're yeah, not- yeah. You know that they're not snap, crackling and popping on the weekend. and You know they're not eating, you know, all the nutrition bars and crap that they make and, you know, call it cereal on the go or whatever. You know that they're doing that. You know that your kids are not eating sugar. Um, you know that everybody in the house goes to the gym. You know that they're not drinking, you know, orange juice all day long. But on the, on the flip side of that, too, is, like, there's this sort of idea that what's normal is, is what's healthy. And I think that that's, that's incorrect. And we're still in the whole kind of low fat is better, you know, um, sort of area that we were in the seventies and the eighties and the nineties. And I bought into it ever. We all bought into it. Hook, line oh, yeah. line yeah, yeah. Whole grain Triscuits. And yeah. Fat- as
0: soon as snack wells came out, we're all like, yeah. Oh, we can have devil's food cookies.
1: Yeah. A fat-free cheese that doesn't melt in the microwave. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. like, <laughs> I mean, we were just <laughs> need
0: like, I say more, <laughs> we, we ate sticks of margarine. <laughs>
1: I know, which I is know. only
0: a molecule off of plastic. Flies yeah. don't eat it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't touch it. But it's so funny because that's normal. And even the stuff that's like quote unquote healthy. If you go to Target, there's all these girls in yoga pants with a little basket hanging off their elbow, and you know they yeah. just come home and they have their cat and they have the dinner for one, and they get like the smart ones frozen dinner. You mm-hmm. know, put it at the office work fridge. And then you know they get up in the morning and they they're like either hungover from partying, so they go to McDonald's drive-through and get like the parfait with the yogurt and the jam all over it. Yeah. They think that's healthy, or they drink kombucha all day long at their desk. Oh my god! And then when they when they have happy hour with their friends, they either get mozzarella sticks or like you know the the pure holy girl like she's gonna have the salad with the you know shrimp on it.
0: Yeah. But cover it with the fried shrimp
1: (laughs) but then cover it with like you know four of those little cups of like sesame ginger sugar dressing yeah and and it's like you think it's okay because they
0: ordered the dasani water to go with it
1: yeah just you know (laughs) cleansed sewer drink right exactly (laughs) so i just think it's like people need to educate themselves on what's good and what's bad and And sometimes the most, sometimes the things that you might think are kind of gross are actually delicious and your body wants them. So I've kind of had a revival of like what people in the seventies or the sixties or the fifties would eat if they were on a quote unquote diet. And going back to this whole thing in the twenties, where it was like, everybody knew if you ate sugary stuff that you'd get fat or starchy food, there's a diabetic cookbook from the 1800s that literally has two pages that says here's what's prohibited and here's what's permitted for Mm -hmm. diet patients and everything on the one page where the food that's not allowed is sweets and potatoes and noodles and pasta and like, you know, really old fashioned things. Nobody eats anymore like bread pudding or whatever. And then on the other side, they've got, you know, fish, meat, eggs. And then, you know, they literally go into every type of fish or meat or type of egg dish and then People like me who remember in the seventies, if you went to like a diner and you know, your mom was, you know, wanted to order the diet plate, she'd get a hamburger patty and a scoop of cottage cheese. Like that was
0: Yeah.
1: Healthy. And you know what? It still is. That's what I had for dinner. And as gross as it might sound, when you eat it, your body's like, hot damn, I could go for a job. You know, it's like (laughs) I don't know how to explain it, but we need to get away from the addiction of flavors and the sugars and the additives I think oh, yeah one thing I would have people read would be like the Dorito effect is a really good book about this that and, is a
0: good book yeah
1: um, you can also get it for free on audible if you sign up with a trial and that's not a sponsored thing that's like what I did yes, <laughs> I Yeah, I sign up with audible like every few months and like delete my account after I read like three books <laughs>
0: Yeah. I just, you know, I just wait for someone in to, to post the link, you know, I've got this new book and I'm going to post it on audible and you can get it for free. You know, that's like, great. I've got like 25 emails. Yeah. I can sign up.
1: I just outed <laughs> myself out as a little bit of a pirate, but I don't care. So I
0: just, you're ta- you're talking to an anarchist, you know, wave, <laughs> wave your black flag. Oh, it's fine.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I have ad blocker and all that kind of stuff. I have a lot of privacy controls. I don't even, I've never heard Cortana's voice on my windows 10 computer. I don't use any voice text. I'm i a very sort of like I'm into privacy and security. And when I tell some of my friends who are content creators that I do all that stuff, they're like, wait, you blocked my ads. I'm like, I'm not sorry, dude.
0: Nope. Nope. I have the Brave browser, which yeah, blocks everything.
1: I'll, I'll donate to Patreon if it makes you feel better, dude.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I have the Brave browser and it, uh, it blocks everything. And uh, I also get paid in a cryptocurrency called Basic Attention Token. Just just for being on it.
1: (laughs) Wait, so a basic attention is its own currency?
0: Yeah, basic attention token is its own currency.
1: You know that sounds like it sounds like something that it comes in a pill and you give to like problem child on the movie. Like you should basic attention.
0: (laughs) All right, Jimmy, let's have your basic attention token today and put that under your tongue, Jimmy. And
1: And sit still.
0: (laughs) Now don't move for eight hours. We'll put Gotta you in the stop, cemetery right? row seating in the school.
1: How could you have any pudding if you haven't had your meat?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you, uh, Classic Rock Radio, for ruining Pink Floyd and Rush for me.
1: Oh, come on now.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: Did they ruined it for you?
0: Oh, because it got way overplayed way overplayed
1: no they don't play enough russian pink floyd over here (laughs) what they overplay here is queen fat bottom girls and i wish that song would die in a fire
0: that's not even one of queen's better songs
1: no and 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 as much as
0: i love bohemian rhapsody you don't have to play it
1: no you don't it's it's one of those you break out when everybody's literally rip-roaring drunk at a karaoke party but it's not Not something you play every day and that's not like your workout jam or something yeah
0: okay so we mentioned uh, classic rock so i'm gonna have to put on my uh my monogram tinfoil hat for just a moment do you know that there is a conspiracy theory about classic rock stations around the country oh,
1: don't do this to me i love my classic rock station
0: <laughs> so apparently
1: home, Eric.
0: <laughs> so apparently in the 1970s the illuminati got together with all of the major rock acts and they put subliminal messages in every rock song and that's why there's a classic rock station in every con- in every state. All right, oh. now I'll take the, uh, the monogram tinfoil hat off.
1: <laughs> Wait, it's monogrammed? What did you get that shit from Macy's or something?
0: Well, you know, it's it's only for special occasions. Oh
1: my God. <laughs> they, they have it at Land's End, and it comes with a canvas tote or something.
0: Yeah, it's in the Williams Sonoma catalog. It gets $480. Oh my
1: God.
0: And 72 cents.
1: Wait, so is this a real thing? Like, I feel really stupid right now.
0: Oh no, the uh, the no, no, not the like monogram I mean, tinfoil hat. No, the no, no, uh,
1: no. I mean, like, is this a real story that people believe is true? The the classic mm-hmm. rock. Thing.
0: Yeah, that is that is one of the various uh, internet conspiracy theories out there. Is that classic rock stations are on around the country because of the subliminal messages hidden in Led Zeppelin.
1: Well, so what are the, what are the messages? Because I I need to know, like, if I'm doing this right.
0: Uh, I think a lot of that was going back to the uh, the preachers who would get on AM radio in the middle of the night and they would play a record backwards. And oh, uh, yeah, you could hear Satan talking to you and everything. And they the would kid,
1: the kid that like killed himself, and they wanted to take Judas Priest to court and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, funny story. Uh, we were living in Nevada. My uh, older brother went to that high school. He knew those guys.
1: Oh my god!
0: It wasn't Judas Priest. It, it was the fact that that kid was just uh, a Mental. general mess up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it's just like the school shooting stuff. Like every time, like I don't. Even, I think there's been a couple in the last week or so. I or. Or another, there was one in Dallas and one somewhere else, not a school, but something, and then another school. And I'm like, I can't even keep up anymore.
0: Yeah, there was a guy in Dallas who came and shot up a federal building. And the pictures of him going out online are cringe-inducing. Is uh, that
1: the one that looked like, like a young preacher or something?
0: No, he's got like all of this like, second-hand kind of bargain basement uh, tactical gear on. <laughs> and all of it doesn't look right. It looks like his mom dressed him to go out there. So that, yeah. So the news media was all like, uh, you know, it was like, well, this, uh, former, uh, army infantry guy. And you know, I'm, I'm a former army infantry guy. You know, the guy's laces are untucked. Uh, all the straps are just kind of hanging loose on his stuff. Uh, nothing's really kind of cinched up. He's wearing the birth control glasses. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was just cringy. It was like, there's no way, there's no way this guy even made it, it, it through like basic it. training.
1: Looks like an extra from Full Metal Jacket that they're about to
0: can. Yeah, yeah it's like the the goofball who showed up, uh, showed up on set drunk. And it was like, yeah. well, just kind of throw him in a flak jacket and keep him in the back somewhere, you know? <laughs> I
1: didn't know they stuck shit that high.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that movie. Uh, it's, like, uh, it's like, there's no way that this was filmed in Vietnam. And then sure enough, it was filmed in England and they imported sand and palm trees.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> this guy, like, oh, geez. So so people are saying that it just seems really kind of hokish and strange and
0: yeah I mean the guy was like right out of central casting you know he's uh, talking bad about the government online and then he just goes down there and starts shooting at everybody with an AR15 you know
1: Of course it had to be an AR15 too Yeah
0: yeah you don't realize how dangerous those are
1: Yeah I mean so
0: dangerous the US military doesn't even use them I know mm-hmm.
1: It's like the whole, so the whole gun thing, like I'm, I'm all about people having them because God forbid something happens. I'm going to be where those people are and like hiding behind them while they take care of business. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I am. Yeah. Um, you so know, I, I
0: view them the same as a condom. It's better to have it and not need it. And then to need it and not have it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So is there, so is there actually going to be any buybacks, do you think here?
0: Uh, I mean, they try that in every city and then in every city, whenever the police announce that they're going to do a gun buyback, there's always dudes that will show up and do private sales right there on the spot where it's legal. Yeah. You know, so if you're going to take grandpappy's old shotgun into the, to get the little $75 gift card to Walmart or whatever, you know, there's a guy waiting with a truck. Who's going to give you a hundred dollars in cash right then and there. Right.
1: He's yeah. the one who's got the military truck full
0: of them. Yeah. And you know, they'll, they'll take them, they'll clean them up and then they'll resell them. And, um, Mark Serbu who owns uh, Serbu firearms came out with the, uh, the GB 22. It's a little 22 pistol that you can make with any kind of common house tools that you can probably anywhere from like 20 to $30 in, in, uh, in materials. And you can make a, a fully functional single fire 22 shot, uh, 22 caliber pistol. Oh, that
1: and, reminds me. Did you see And it, call,
0: it calls it the GB22 for the gun buyback 22. So you can spend 20 bucks, make one of these little stupid pistols, bring it to a gun buyback and get a $100 or $50 yeah, or whatever 50, 50 it is. $50 back, yeah. Yeah. Did you
1: see the guy speaking up. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut. Yeah. Did you yeah, see the ahead. guy with the uh with the 3D? It was on today, Twitter. He he made a new 3D gun and he was shooting it.
0: Yeah, he uh actually dropped a question about uh 3D printing firearms on a previous episode, the iCarbonite Carbonite uh guy. I think he goes, yeah, yeah, he goes by something else, but uh, he, I think he contracted with like this Chinese uh, company to make a Glock uh, rails. So, you know, you're just importing like steel staple looking parts.
1: Yeah. Yeah, So he's got like
0: whole bags of them.
1: Yeah, It was a Glock (laughs) and he made it kind of like a sea sea blue green mixed with like a a blue color and it looks like something that Malibu Barbie would carry around. Like, yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. I was like I was impressed, you know, because um I, I started I started listening to the three D stuff like when Cody Wilson was on Michael Malice, I think it was last year or the year yeah. before. And uh, I thought it was really interesting. Like I said, I, I don't I don't really follow like gun stuff. I kind of sound like a moron maybe to people that do, but um no, it's okay.
0: We all start somewhere.
1: I think, it, well, I don't know if I'm going to start. I'm, it's not It's not a hobby. It's not something I'm interested in, but I follow some of the discussion. I don't pay that much attention, but I do know that-
0: well, you're 100% more fluent in gun stuff than the news media, so. <laughs> because you've actually taken the time to learn something.
1: Well, I mean, every time something like this comes up, I I don't get nervous. I get suspicious of like, what is this? Where did it come from? Who's behind it? What does this person want done? And it just seems like the more this stuff comes out, the more status it really tastes and feels. And the more kind of like, you know, and then, and then you see, Oh, Congress is having a special session or there's a, another town hall about guns. And it's like, really, it's like, you could just, you could just sort of time this stuff on, on a calendar. There's the shooting There's going to be, you know what I mean? It's like, it's gotten so annoying and I'm not, I'm not a conspiracy theorist either, but it's become sort of predictable to the point where, like I said, I'm not even keeping up anymore because it'll happen again next week and it'll continue to happen until something really, really fucked up happens. And I'm hoping that doesn't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. As much as I'll joke about the, you know, chuckles and collapsitarian and stuff. And it's like, I can't wait until Boogaloo starts, uh, You know, I, I, I'm halfway kidding about that, and then the other half of me is like, "No, I'm I'm kind of ready for that to happen, but uh, I that's I don't want to live through that." You know.
1: I mean, that's why I said I'm. I mean, but for 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 every hundred people that are like pro-gun, I'm like, dude, I'm here. I'm cheering for you. i have got your back because <laughs> I'm not that person, but I support it. And the reason that I support it is because. What the hell? What if something was to happen? What if we went into martial law or whatever the hell it's called? What if, you know, suddenly, you know, we had to defend ourselves against, you know, the freaking government. Yeah. I'm going to be on that team with those people over there.
0: Yeah. And a lot of the, uh, the Democrat, and this happens every presidential election that, you know, the Democrats are going to get out there. And right now there's like what all of them running for president. Oh my
1: God. It's a clown car Jesus. full of Democrats.
0: And I saw this, uh, this still of a CNN uh, page of, and they were kind of breaking down who was going to be on what debate stage and everything. And they had like 30 people up there. And I was like, this looks like the character select scene, screen from uh, Street Fighter 2. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, choose your fighter. you know.
1: Yeah. I understand well, what you said. I'm not a gamer. So it's okay.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's no, good. I, I make a cultural sure. reference that somebody got.
1: <laughs> of course, everybody else got it because, you know, I'm, I'm the person who doesn't game and I make sure everybody knows and so they hate me. But anyway. <laughs> uh, it's because i'm an adult and i'm a female so it's like why is that so weird you know and then when i say i don't like football it's like um I'm, it's i'm a woman last time i checked i have a vagina and there's
0: plenty of women out there who love football my wife is included
1: oh here we go see now yes, you're yes. gonna be one of them aren't you
0: listen, <laughs> no, listen. no 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 I was I,
1: i'm cold
0: i'm cold. right there with you i don't really like football because i played it and i know what's going to happen before it happens
1: I feel like my argument is that I'm a feminine person and I don't need to get into these things and I don't want to, and I shouldn't have to. And when I was younger, like in my teens and stuff and my early twenties, and I was starting to date. So when I noticed girls that would literally tell me two years ago, sports and all these guys and they're burping and they're just, you know, sports bar and this and that. Oh my God, we're going to get into the football game. I'm so excited. I'm like, you're just excited because that guy's talking to you that you didn't like a year ago and now you guys are doing it and so you know whatever don't give me that shit like women that get into sports either have some aggression and you know they want to get it out or they're doing that thing where they're trying to get the man's attention and now no offense to your wife because i know there are women who legitimately like sports and i'm sure she's one of those people but i'm not buying half of these bitches with their sports fanaticism like really (laughs) do
0: Yeah, but, you know, that's, uh, you know, like uh, like the rest of the libertarian argument, I say, like, we don't like to send people up in groups, you know, we like to judge everybody on yeah, an individual I, basis.
1: I don't want to either, but the thing is, yeah. it's like, I'm tired of defending the fact that I'm a woman, and I don't want to get into sports. Yeah. And I'm a grown-up, and I'm not going to play video games. Like, this is not this is not the future I imagined as a teenage girl. Yeah. When I grew up, You know, and it's like, people don't want to talk on the phone either anymore. And I'm like, oh my God, like my dream as a tween was to have a grown up boyfriend and we'd be on the phone all the time. And now nobody wants to talk on the phone. <laughs> yeah,
0: everyone wants to send text messages back and forth. You Fuck know? you,
1: universe, with your emojis and your bullshit.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, no, I'm no, of the no, opinion no. if I have to scroll once in a text message, I'm going to call you right back. Because at that point, this just words like, isn't going to do it.
1: It's like if I'm in a relationship with somebody, like I love your voice, I love your personality. I want us to connect, and I can't do that with words on a page. Like, I'm a great writer; I make the best comments on the internet. But it's like this is so not romantic and fun. This is about as like arousing as watching somebody mow the lawn. <laughs> you know, I'm not even talking about sexting. I'm just talking about like talking to people and connecting with them.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know? There's a uh, there's definitely something lost if you got to read it.
1: You know, number know. one
0: you can't pick up on sarcasm you can't tell when somebody is joking
1: God, i know yeah. have you ever seen the, there's a meme that has gone around and it's really old and i'm sure people are like oh this girl is so retarded no it's there, fine
0: i love memes even old ones
1: so there's like a split frame and there's this there's a person on one side and the caption says um your face when your face when when you say LOL and the person has just a straight face, like that's what they're typing. And then there's another one um, where the person is like, sort of like, sort of laughing, but also kind of smirking, like, "Ah, I got it, you know? And the caption is when people think you're mad, when you reply to them, like, (laughs) <laughs> but people think I'm raging when I reply to them, but I'm just like, matter of fact, like I say something and I'm just like, well, you just need to control whatever, or you have a problem with like, if I'm calling somebody out, but I'm not using all caps and I'm just kind of stating a fact, yeah. they think I'm over here, like, you know, blood boiling and my hair standing on end and I'm and like, I'm
0: breaking keys on the keyboard because I'm like punching the, the keyboard.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like ready to throw my phone out the window. And like, you know, it's like, I think it's hilarious the way that people assume things.
0: I was like, no, I just broke apart your argument in a sentence
1: right? and I'm just
0: going to go on with my day.
1: (laughs) So isn't it funny? Like, I think people just, I think people are growing dumber and maybe it's just because some of us are smarter or maybe it's just because guess what? People are getting early onset dementia and shit like that. And it's because they eat garbage.
0: Yes. Yes. That's uh, very true. Uh, And you can see it with, uh, with, with some folks and you know, they can't think straight and uh you sit there and ask them a question and they start trailing off into something else and uh, you're like
1: well, i did that five times tonight eric so yeah
0: yeah it's fine because you know we're just two libertarians uh, just talking about shit so it, it's all good yeah <laughs> but yeah it's it, you're like why did you do that that way why are why are you thinking that way i was like oh well, i don't know i was like okay and then you go and see them later and they've got the uh you know the cliff bars and the and the diet coke
1: oh, and that's
0: what they're having for breakfast yeah,
1: you know. or that yeah, or it's like they don't have breakfast, and then like their lunch is just beer. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, is like I I know I'm kind of going back to this whole like sounding like a snob, but nobody needs this this much beer. Is it just me or are we like over consuming? I feel like there's a craft beer tap room on every corner of my downtown, and it's becoming hipsterville. Yeah. Like, beer is liquid bread, dude. Nobody needs that shit
0: yeah yeah uh beer and wine isn't gonna be your friend uh <laughs> uh is some of it very tasty yeah yeah sure uh do you have to drink it every day no no you know have it at, have it on your birthday have it at christmas time you know or just
1: you know on a friday night with the guys is fine but not you know yeah. every single night every every weekend is fine as long as you're not you know drinking it every single day and like <laughs> waking up to like a haze of like beer farts and like headache time
0: oh yeah yeah and then I'll always get hit with this one I was like well the ancient Babylonians drank beer every day I was like yeah that's how they insured their water source and you wouldn't want to drink that beer anyways because it wasn't very alcoholic no you it, it was mostly water
1: <laughs> I mean they just did it because it was like nasty water and it was like yeah. a way to purify it a little bit you know
0: yeah it was just but the way I- that they could store water for for a later date right? <laughs> yeah,
1: because otherwise you just had mud
0: yeah or God knows what was in it yeah
1: right I mean you,
0: know, you don't know if the uh you know maybe a mile away there's like somebody just taking a crap in that river and now you're gonna drink it because you're downstream
1: you know right but 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 the thing is is like people freak out and when they hear that and they go oh it's gonna make me sick and You know, that's why I make sure to eat something that's sterile and it's like in a package and I can read the ingredients and, you know, it didn't come from some mad cow or some diseased pig or, you know, chicken that, you know, and it's like, to me, the bullshit comes in where people think that this stuff is healthy and it actually is actually tearing apart your cells and it's actually wrecking your gut microbiome so that it, God forbid, you have that piece of turd by accident that's like dissipating. Mm -hmm. Into your, into your beer water as an ancient Mesopotamia,
0: yeah.
1: your gut is already so strong because of the way that you eat that that one little slip-up isn't going to put you into the ER in ancient Mesopotamia, whatever that may be, a teepee, I don't know. <laughs> oh, cultural appropriation! Racism!
0: <laughs> yep, there it is. Cultural so, appropriation. We've- so,
1: like, me eating sauerkraut and cottage cheese and, like, a burger without a bun and, like, um, lard and things like that and bone broth like that sounds like the funkiest dinner right ever yeah yeah but to me it's something that my body just sort of rejoices at and it's like yes butter you know Yeah, real butter (laughs) fake oh my god and it's (laughs) like and it doesn't have to be expensive either i mean i make i make a pretty meager income i would be way too embarrassed to even say what it is um even in general terms, even in ballpark terms. But the thing is, is that I live so frugally that it's easy for me to eat keto. And it, it, it doesn't cost me a lot of money. There's a lot of people that think, you know, you have to buy coconut oil and you have to buy this MCT stuff and yeah. you have to buy these keto strips and you have to buy. No, you don't have to buy anything that says keto on it. Not yeah. one dollar that needs to be spent on it. And there's even ways that you can do the laziest, dirtiest keto ever. Like, if you already eat fast food every day for lunch, because of that's what the guys at work do or the girls at work, or that's just what you like, guess yeah. what? you're an American. You can still eat fast food every day for lunch. Just throw the bun out and share your fries with somebody else. And you can have a couple. I mean, you're not going to get kicked out if you eat two fries, but um, you can just make some small changes and you'll start to feel better. And it's, like I said, it's not for me. It's not about the weight. It's a bonus. Yeah. for me, it's just feeling normal. Like when you're so sick for so many years, I'm sure you can testify to this. Oh yeah. 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 When you start to feel the effects of healing your body, you go, I didn't know I felt this bad before. And when you, when you compare the feeling now to how you felt like maybe when you had you know, your Hashimoto's problems and whatever, um, when you compare those feelings and you think back then, I didn't feel so bad. And then you feel like 110 percent better. You realize you weren't even, you didn't even know what you were missing.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, just the fact that I was actually uh, able to stay awake after two o'clock in the afternoon.
1: Oh, that's a big
0: one. You know, some people are just like, you know, you know, after I have my lunch, I just like uh, I feel like I have to take a nap, and so I'll pop a five-hour energy.
1: Oh my god. And you know
0: now it's like it's like what are you, what are you guys doing and. I, I see everybody yawning. in. I see the office doors start to get closed because I know you're sleeping in there. I know you're not making a phone call.
1: Right. <laughs> or just, you know, putting your feet on your desk while you read that article and you're supposed to read for your research paper or whatever. It's right. like, I understand that feeling though, because I actually got called into the office a couple of times about it, where it was like, you can tell you're dozing off in your cubicle and you cubicle going.
0: Yeah.
1: I was a, I was a hot mess and I didn't know what my problem was. I thought I slept um, you know, a certain amount of hours a day, I thought I was doing great. I ate oatmeal for breakfast and I didn't put butter on it, just a little brown sugar. And I didn't drink co- coffee with cream and sugar. I just had like black coffee. You know, I thought I was doing so well. I would have like a salad at lunch with like turkey or ham or something on it. And then if I didn't, if it wasn't like a salad, I'd have like, you know, this great big whole grain, you know, lunch sandwich with like turkey and, you know, no mayo, just like mustard. And, you know, you think you're eating so healthy and to maybe the ordinary person that sounds all very healthy. Yeah. It wasn't healthy for me. And I don't know if maybe I'm an anomaly or if maybe what I was doing wasn't right. Because guess what? Humans are not required to eat carbohydrates. We're not required to eat fiber. And when you start feeding yourself protein and a little fat and your body responds in a positive way, you might feel the same way and stop eating the stuff that, that if you think about it, the government really is pushing down your throat. I mean, quite frankly. Oh yeah.
0: I mean, they're in the sugar and grains business. You know, they, they subsidize sugar, they subsidize the, the wheat and corn and potatoes and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and they even uh, subsidize the, you know, dairy cows and, you know, humans are the only species that will drink milk long after they're babies.
1: Yeah, and it's not even from their own mother.
0: Yeah, it's and you don't her. even, yeah, you don't see cows, like, going back to mom after it's, like, no. fully grown.
1: No, and I've told people since I was, like, 20-something that milk is for babies. I don't. I stopped drinking yeah. it in 20s because... I was like, this is just really sugar water. If you get skim milk, it really just is sugar water. Yeah, it's
0: just lactose and water. That's it.
1: Everything else is just like a little milk fat with a little sugar. Unless you're drinking straight cream or half and half, you're literally getting sugar water. And there's no nutrients in it whatsoever. The nutrients that you see on the label have been re-added to the food, usually. Um, Especially with grains, because the grains that we eat today from General Mills and all these people... um, they're not the same things that maybe our great grandparents were eating and they're not the same things that they were eating in biblical times. I mean, those people in Mesopotamia, their they're crazy beer water, yeah. they were, they were eating, you know, real wheat. And now by the time we get to it, it's been Roundup and who knows what else sprayed on it and, and not yeah. just sprayed on it, but it's, it grows. It's like a Roundup becomes part of the soil and you're literally eating stuff that was grown in it not just had sprayed on it and then by the time they've processed the crap out of it and put it into a box of Cheerios for your breakfast
0: and fortified it with uh, nine essential vitamins
1: yeah well they're essential if you get them from a piece of steak and an avocado
0: and there's 13 of them so what was the Sophie's choice that only led to eight or nine you know
1: I can't remember but it was like I remember when they used to have the number was yeah the number was like 12 or something and then it went down to like eight and then like when did they change? Cause I remember the Saturday morning cartoons, they would say nine essential nutrients and vitamins. And then, you know, in the seventies with like, nuts and stuff. It was like 11. I thought, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's just, I think, like I said, it's like, if you want to feel better, this is, this is the way to do it. And I mean, you can even do it the lazy way and eat your quarter pounder without the bond and, you know, skip the fries and you can still eat, you know, a pickle and a ketchup if you want. And, just that, just that little tiny change is going to make a dramatic difference in how you feel. And then you can just tweak from there. There's a lot of people on Twitter who are here to support you. There's a lot of people on Instagram who have, you know, books and stuff out there. I've made a book. It's kind of, you know, my journey into how I got fat. And that kind of sounds like Gary Tobes book, you know, in, in the works, but it's not, um, it, it talks about how I got fat. And I think a lot of people resonated with it, with it, because it talks about how everything I was doing was quote unquote normal. And it wasn't what other people were doing. And a lot of my friends who um, at the time I would compare myself to, and well, they're not getting a gut, they're not falling asleep at work, things like that. Yeah. They're not getting looks when they eat popcorn at their desk, like I do, because I'm the fat girl at the office. Like, everybody else is eating popcorn. Why am I the one getting stared at? You know what I mean? It's like that whole thing. But now when I see them at like class reunions and stuff, like they're not healthy, they don't feel good. You know, they, they're depressed. They have to take anxiety meds and they're not the same people that I knew.
0: Yeah. And even the ones that are still skinny, you know, you'll see them and they you know, you start asking, they'll, uh, I recently did my 20 year reunion and, uh, you know, there's a couple, there was one, uh, she's, uh, got a twin sister and they both were uh, cheerleaders. She was actually still able to fit into her cheerleading outfit and it pissed off all the rest of the ladies.
1: Right. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So, uh, and you know, and you ask her what she's done and, you know, pretty much same thing, just, uh, you know, high fat, low carb, you know, not eating, uh, a whole crap ton of stuff whenever it's, uh, there and she's not drinking and everything else. And then you go talk to somebody else and, you know, they've got the daiquiri in their mouth and you know they're, they're asking you what kind of heart medication you're on. And I'm like, I'm not on any, you know, they can't, uh, I was like, well, you're 40. You, you got to have something. I was like, Nope, no, I take the Synthroid and that's it.
1: Yeah. It seems like a rite of passage. Cause here's another thing. It's like um, I got put on statins, God help me. And I was on and off uh, Lord. The, on and off statins for nine years. And let me tell you what that'll do to you.
0: Uh, completely wreck uh, your shit
1: yeah i'm kind of wrecked yeah R- rekt wrecked um no i have probably i hope it's not permanent i'm trying some new therapies right now but i have peripheral neuropathy in my lower legs and feet so mm. i feels like sometimes i'm walking on pebbles when i'm just wearing socks and shoes and i don't have anything in my shoes yeah um, And sometimes I don't feel anything. So if I'm out on my hike or my three mile walk or whatever, sometimes I got to cut it short and turn around because I can't feel my feet anymore. And if you um, have that, what happens is you can fall because you can't feel. Yeah. And um, I don't want to fall down the street and uh, you know, have somebody come over and like (laughs) call an ambulance or something. Um, The worst, the worst thing that could happen is that and the mild form of it is like, sometimes it tingles. And then when I'm sleeping at night, my,
0: I get the little pins and needles, uh, type yeah, feeling. I mean,
1: you know what? Yeah. It's not, it's not the laughing because my feet fell asleep. It's the miserable. I cannot move right now because my, yeah. foot, fell and you feel like you might cry because, because it's like, you feel like your foot weighs about 400 pounds. And then like, if you, lift it and then like try to take a step it feels like you're hurting yourself but you're not it's that weird heavy so yeah i have that but um i started to um i started to take some coq10 which is supposedly good for that and also um i'm going to start to buy more beef products with heart in them so oh
0: uh, yeah yeah ground up beef heart it's a uh, that's that's some really good stuff
1: well there's there was an article posted kind of recently, like maybe in the last month or so that said a lot of the cheaper non-grass fed stuff already has a little heart in it and you just, they don't, they just don't disclose it because they can say heart is a hundred percent of your beef because it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, it's a muscle like anything else.
1: Yeah. And so in defense of the cheap cuts of meat, it's still better than your nutrient bar and your, right. prep meal. um, you know, and, and in defense of like the fed stuff, it's still miles better than, you know, your, your special K and your yogurt parfait and your banana and orange juice at lunch.
0: Yeah. And I kind of touched back on the price uh, of everything Uh, you know, whatever you're not spending in, you know, pasta, uh, ketchup (laughs) uh, all the other uh, junk, you know, you can more than uh, fund, you know, just even just bare minimum, you know, 80, 20 hamburger, with some yeah. broccoli, you know, that stuff is still super cheap. So yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. And you know what? Hamburger and broccoli make a great stir fry.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You don't even have to do much to it. Yeah. No,
1: if, if you like, and the thing is, is like if you're a hardcore addict and you're coming off like the Doritos and the sugary stuff and you just, you're used to really strong flavored food, um, soy sauce is a great thing to use um, because you don't need much. And yes, it's soy, but it's it's yeah. So it's, it's the harmless kind of soy sort of if you're not chugging it. Another great thing is um, like chili sauce. But yep. I, I buy um, the stuff that they make sriracha out of. It's sort of like the mash and it just comes in a little jar and it's called chili garlic sauce. And it's the same company, um, Hoi Fung Foods. Yeah. So if you go to sriracha.com. You can see the, the jar I'm talking about. Some people don't know what it is, but um, here in Minnesota, we have probably the biggest variety of asian culture we have vietnamese we have uh, laos mong slash laos we also have um people from cambodia and a lot of people from um southeast asia like filipinos and we also have koreans and chinese so those people love that kind of stuff and there's always a jar of it on a restaurant table um and so i started to really get into sriracha but it's full of sugar the, the regular yeah stuff.
0: yeah that, that was one of the that was one of the main turnoffs when i started doing no sugar no grains i was like
1: oh, oh man no i can knows.
0: i can make chicken with sriracha and stuff and then you go look at a bottle of it and you're like oh yeah. man I mean,
1: if you really love sriracha and you don't want to quit it you know add a couple drops to mustard or something or mayo um yeah taste great with mayo but but the stuff in the jar it's just chili garlic so it's basically the same as sriracha but they it hadn't ground it yet and they didn't add the um sugar or the vinegar so it's the same flavor profile and it's the same Yeah, you can that.
0: probably just add some apple cider vinegar to it and yeah if you're get really it going from there yeah but
1: i like to use that and then also i like to use um things like a little bit of garlic powder, onion powder. So if you're trying to cut down your carbs from veggies and you're like me and I, you grew up loving vegetables and you grew up in a house where if there wasn't any onions in the house, my mom wouldn't cook dinner because she loves to use like three onions in one dish. <laughs> they're very high carbs. So if you buy like, you know, even at like the dollar store, you can get like a dollar for like a, a shaker of garlic powder and onion powder. And just a little pinch of that it feels like you used a whole crap ton of it. And it's very low in carbs. So you can still use a lot of flavors with your keto food, but you're not adding sugar and you're not adding God knows what else. And yeah, you find yourself wanting more salt because with carbohydrates, every, I mean, the, the word literally translates to water loving. So yeah if you eat carbohydrates and you, you stop eating them, you notice the water weight goes away first. And the reason is because, you know, all those Lucky Charms and Doritos, basically every every time you eat those, your body sort of adds a water molecule and the water holds onto those carbs because of your body's um, sort of way of metabolizing those carbs. And so it feels like you're kind of like a squirrel staving for winter. And so that's why you have all this water that you lose. And that's why you have to drink more. And then when you drink more water, you're flushing all your electrolytes out. And so that's why I encourage people to just add salt liberally to everything they eat. And they'll start to notice that their body actually likes it. And you might think at first, God, that tastes really salty. Just take it easy. You know, and if you don't like the taste of salt, you can also take pills that are basically sodium tablets. Um, and they also sell a lot of um, electrolyte waters that are sugar-free that have a lot of salt in them. Too.
0: Yeah, smart water is one of them. You know, um, that's that's pretty okay stuff.
1: Uh, Propel, Gatorade yeah. zero, I think makes one, Powerade Zero.
0: Yeah, uh, and even if you don't want to get all of that stuff, uh, yeah. the, ma- the makers of uh, Redmond's Real Salt, they have like their own like keto salt and stuff that you can just throw in, into, th- into a water. And, uh, uh, one of the, um, other things that I like is, uh, ultra salt, which has got magnesium and, and stuff in it. Uh, and you just w- drop one of those in a
1: water. Yeah, I want to try some of those, but I'm, I'm using up what I have right now, which is I buy two pounds, two and a half pounds of, of fine pink salt at a time. And yeah. I just put it in a little cellar on the counter. It looks like the Alton Brown one with the flip top leg, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And then I use new salt, which is no salt. It's just potassium. And I take a magnesium citrate before I go to bed. So I feel like I'm covering all the bases. But now that I've become more of a less of a vegetable keto person and more of a meat eating keto person, I'm finding myself if I skip a, a supplement, I feel okay, because guess what? I'm getting more, I think from, you know, the beef and the chicken and the liver and eggs. and Yeah. I, and then
0: you're not having, you know, a whole bunch of uh, vegetables and stuff that'll actually kind of block some of those vitamins from actually getting into your system.
1: I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah. I used to be a proponent of just piles of vegetables. And, and I, because I grew up with, parents I had a garden and I really loved vegetables and I was one of those weird kids that you know I loved all of them but um maybe not weird maybe lucky I think the thing is is maybe it's because parents don't introduce these things to their kids but yeah I noticed when I started cutting out some of the stuff like the last thing I stopped eating that was a vegetable was spinach and then I stopped eating cocoa like unsweetened cocoa I'll still have it in a mug cake once in a great while when I'm feeling like a monster, you know, and I'm just like, it's that time of the month and I want to have a piece of cake and I want to make a mug cake,
0: <laughs> Yeah, a,
1: an egg, a little bit of butter, maybe some sour cream, some sweetener, some cocoa. You mix it all up in the coffee mug you in the microwave for like a minute and a half. So I noticed when I quit the spinach and the chocolate, my, my stiff neck and my, um, like back cramps went away yeah because i didn't know until maybe a couple months ago that those things are high in oxalates and oxalates are like glass shards going through your body just tearing tissues
0: yeah uh it's one of the tough things you know and i i like my chocolate too and every now and then i'll put some uh, of the cocoa powder in my uh, taco seasoning just kind of give it a little more of a mole flavor i've done
1: that with the chili
0: yeah it, de- it definitely adds something yeah it's
1: a little bit of an earthy depth that you don't yeah. have normally when you stop eating beans and peppers and all that stuff you get you know you get a beef up the chili somehow a little bit
0: <laughs> yeah and definitely not doing uh, any sugars or anything for a couple of years like i can smell it in the tomatoes
1: yeah well and then <laughs> like a, a carrot tastes so sweet you know yeah
0: yeah like uh if i had a carrot it's like yep sugar is the first thing I'm, I'm getting from it
1: <laughs> another thing too i wanted to mention is like people want to start keto don't be afraid to to eat some vegetables it's okay to do that because yeah um, you're still gonna get full from it you're still gonna have fiber from it and when you're weaning yourself off of that there's an adjustment period where when you like if you go to straight carnivore you're probably going to have a lot of bathroom problems because what happens is you're yeah, it's not kind of
0: a shock to the system you know. Well, yeah.
1: And what happens is like you're, you're, you're used to have the water and the fiber used to absorb a lot of that. And so you're actually putting water in your colon that your body used to hold on to. And so you're kind of peeing out your butt <laughs> when you go carnivore <laughs> at first. Yeah, I like to call it the champagne poop because it's like a pop and then an, up. Oh, now I'm going to sit here for five minutes and just release water.
0: Yeah. Just let it all go.
1: <laughs> but um, the thing is, is like, it's okay to use a small tomato or a sliver of onion or some carrots and don't let people tell you, no, that's not keto, you know, because you want to have some onions or some carrots in your chili or whatever. It's whatever yeah. fits into your, if you can get 20 grams or less carbs a day and that's net, not total. Let's, yeah. not, let's not be snobs here. Cause if it's insoluble, you're not, you don't have to, you can count that as, as, as not a carb. You can take yeah. it and crack it. And so a lot of this, for people who don't know a damn thing about keto, but they see it on Twitter all day and they think it's stupid because they don't know about it. I do want people to go and do their research. The, fir- the first few things that, that opened my eyes were um, you can do a YouTube search for this. It's called the oiling of America. And it's a presentation by Sally um, Fallon, who is the president of the Weston price foundation. Mm-hmm. And um that's a great presentation. You don't have to watch it; you can just listen to it. There are a few slides, but it's a presentation done by Sally, uh, and the book that she's presenting is um, by George. Uh, excuse me, by Mary Enig, who is one of the persons who was rejected for her research on the low carb way of eating being the most helpful way of eating, and um, her because she wasn't in bed with the government, so her stuff was rejected. Just like at the around, around the same time as ansel keys stuff was basically you know gospel but you know a few years a few years after a few years after ansel keys seven countries study was accepted as you know well that's like dull people who talk about god and jesus and they're like well they exist doll you know what i mean it's like yeah they 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 bought into that religion of high fat you know bad and so when, when Mary was trying to do her research and trying to prove this all wrong, she was like put in the corner and ignored and shunned. And like the people on the inside knew what she was doing, but the people in the public arena weren't aware because her stuff never got revealed. Her studies were never published. None of the things that she did were ever, um, out there. And basically she kind of follows the story of Weston A. Price, who is a dentist. And he went out to these countries where, you know, the, the the native people lived, where when they had a diet of sugar and starch and modern foods introduced to them, they started to lose, and this is like 20 years period that he studied, they started to lose sort of the roundness of the face that seems to be very healthy and attractive in humans.
0: Yeah. And they
1: started to lose the broadness of the jaw and the healthy, flat sort of smile I don't mean flat I mean like broad yeah their faces and jaws became more narrow and their teeth became more crooked and they would grow in incorrectly and so it was it was this when he looked at these pictures and he did all these studies and I'm probably probably misquoting some of this but basically what was is when he did that he was like okay so what is it that was changed what was changed was the people in that area started to become introduced to processed foods and sort of the Western diet. And he thought that there might be a correlation because it was around the same time and he was proven right. So these people, like there was people in there were people in Europe who lived in a very small tiny fishing village and they basically were hunter gatherers. And they, like you said back Talking about you know the small towns in like Finland or whatever, where people just get on their bike and and you know drive their bike five miles to the little market, you know, because it's like right there. In comparison to how we live today, where we have to have Uber Eats come to our house and McDonald's is on the corner. Yep. So yep. the Oiling of America, presented by Sally Fallon, on YouTube. I think it's less than two hours long. It's like maybe an hour and fifteen or something. Yeah. That was something that made that made me open my eyes to how we eat. Um, she talks a lot about how um, kind of tinfoil hatty stuff, about how Crisco literally um, destroyed the, the picture of health that lard actually gives people. It talks about um, canola oil and soybean oil and how they're literally made from garbage, like non, non-food crops. And they're, yeah. the, if you look, there's a couple videos out there that show you how oil is made.
0: Yeah, and, don't look up hydrogenated uh, vegetable oil and see how it's made.
1: No, the one I, <laughs> yeah. my, my favorite one that I love to use as a comment is the one that says canola oil, and it's it's a commercial for like it's like um like kind of like the training video you get when you start working at the oil factory, and they're like, this is how we make oil, and it's like kind of got that sort of sing song with music. Yeah. And here's
0: chemical A that we're about to introduce into this process, and then chemical B is going to come.
1: It looks like sludge, and they're like,
0: "Yeah,
1: oil isn't quite ready yet because it's very cloudy and rancid, and we need to deodorize it and make it clear." Yeah. And you're, like, you're you're looking at it, and you're like, "Did I wait? I need to rewind this. Did she just say it was rancid?" And they're yeah, going to
0: it. Said it was rancid. Yep.
1: So, so those kinds of things. The reason that I went keto wasn't just because of my diabetes. It wasn't to lose weight. It was because I found out a lot of the truths about what we eat. And I started to eat the things that we were supposed to eat hundreds of years ago. And I've just felt way better. So.
0: Yeah. It definitely, enough. definitely helped me. So, you know, I can't total, speak to what totally. other people's experiences are at, but you know,
1: totally. I mean, I can't even imagine like what it was like for you to go through that and how you felt and, you know.
0: Yeah. And for people that don't know the story, you know, I used to be 375 pounds Wow. Uh, yeah, got Hashimoto's and everything and found out because, uh, I was sitting there running on a treadmill because you know how well calorie in and calorie out works, right?
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's some truth, there's some truth to calorie deficit, but for the most part, calories, yeah,
0: that's, are... yeah, it's not, it's not going to work it's
1: where they come from. that matters.
0: Yeah. So uh 375 pound me is like running on the treadmill and my heart rate's not going up like it's supposed to, <laughs> to keep up with the output that I'm doing. Oh so I'm God. starting to get lightheaded and everything I get off. So I was like, Oh no, I'm, I'm having a heart attack at, you know, at the age of 34.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh my God.
0: Yeah. So go to the hospital, they, uh, they check everything. And I was like, well, you know, you're not having a, a heart issue now. Let's uh, run some blood tests. And then, yeah, sure. Sure enough. Yeah. The T4, T3 levels, T H S no, I'm sorry. T S H I am sorry T S H. do if I can oh, speak correctly.
1: No, it's like, no, it's an easy one to screw up. I do it all the
0: time. Yeah. And th- those levels are like through the roof, you know, those like, uh, yeah, you've, you've got a thyroid problem. And so I was like, okay, well that explains why I sudden ballo- suddenly ballooned up to 375 pounds and why I just wake up in the middle of the night freezing, even though it's in the middle of summer and the air conditioner's barely spitting out any air.
1: Oh, Fucking hormones. <laughs> am I
0: right?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, then, um, you know, I found this, uh, I found, actually have a good endocrinologist. So when I told him I was uh, going to do a, a, a keto diet type thing, he was like, he goes like, yeah, you know, give it a try If it uh, starts to work. Then we'll keep with it. You know, he actually one of those young doctors that actually stays up on all the literature and everything.
1: Right. And he was like, sounds like something that might work. So do it.
0: Yeah. He's like, yeah, if it works, it works. And if it, if it's not, you know, we'll, we'll try something else.
1: <laughs> oh, you're so lucky. Do you know how many You know how
0: many people. Oh, yeah, I've heard some horror stories. People have had to go through like four or five different doctors, and one not even in a city nearby, just to find one that's actually like that. (laughs) Yeah, you would be amazed. It's uh, it's like government's involved in the medicine. Hmm.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, (laughs) so you've come a long way, really, because it sounded like you were trying to. You were trying to bust your ass to do something, and your body was just not responding. Like,
0: yeah, it's like uh, it's like no. Wh- whatever you think is about to happen, is not going to happen.
1: <laughs> your body is the <laughs> ultimate libertarian.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, nope, I'm not doing what you tell me.
1: Fuck you! I won't do what you tell me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Uh, I, I constantly have a uh, rage against the machine loop going on. That's
1: <laughs> well, your body raging against the treadmill. So.
0: Yep. And then, uh, just even just like trying to do (sighs) calorie restriction and everything. And like the weight's not going anywhere. I was like, well, I didn't gain any weight this week, you know,
1: but I did murder some celery. Yeah. And now I want to murder you.
0: Yeah. You know, I've switched, uh, you know, having, uh, you know, a big old like punch ball full of cereal in the morning for a cliff bar. You know, I'm doing my part. Right.
1: Right. (laughs) So so funny that you mentioned the thyroid stuff because that was something they put me on too was um I had a hypo hypothyroidism and but leading up to that I had an injury that put me in a cast for six months and so that's never good well it's like I stopped my regular walking and I stopped a lot of stuff and then the thyroid thing happened and the doctor said well usually this isn't it's not unusual because part of it is you're overweight. The other part of it is you're diabetic, and the other part of it is you haven't been as active. And so your thyroid is protesting because, you know, you, you it wants you to exercise. It wants you to move, um, and and it feels good when you do. But in your case, it was a whole different issue because, and the thyroid is really a fickle thing, really because oh yeah, it's it's sort of like a cat, like you don't know if it's going to purr or if it's going to claw you or if it's just going to hide behind the fridge until company doesn't, you know, leaves. So the thyroid problem that I had, they put me on a drug and this drug made me cough and wheeze. And so I had to be taken off of that because I would be on the phone with the client for 20 minutes and I'd be like literally Hillary, it up on the phone and but coughing every second. Um, Good choice it, of
0: word. Hillary it up.
1: Hillarying it up. But um, I mean that that's really sad. I shouldn't say that. That's <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> even though I even though I can't stand her, she, exactly.
0: she's a lizard person. It's it's uh, fine.
1: She's a lizard person, but I feel bad that she's sick. anyway. Um, in before all the hate mail I get for that, so um, I'd say the same about Trump too. So anyway, um,
0: yeah, that's right. So, I'm an equal uh, opportunity hater. So.
1: Well, you know I used to like that guy, but he's he's fucking stuff up right now. Anyway. So my thing was, I told the doctor, um, like after I had my cast off and I started doing my living my life a little more and stuff. So when you have a cast, it's like jail. You can't do jack shit. I mean, you can hobble around and stuff, but if you're really, you know, limited. And I said, how come I don't need to take this other thyroid medicine anymore? Cause she did swap it for the other one. She said, you started exercising again. <laughs> and I said, oh, Okay. I mean, I wasn't, you know, competing in five Ks or anything. I was just back to my normal walking self. She said well, that that'll do it. So I'm surprised that that you had this other thing happen because, like I said, the thyroid is really weird.
0: Yeah, it's a uh, it was just one of those things where I guess um, it just started attacking the the thyroid gland. Uh, just viewed it as part of the enemy, and you know, next thing I know, got it covered in 20% and nodules and you know it can, uh, to a few days a week where you'd actually feel it like you could feel like the stain going on in your throat what? yeah and so I was even actually able to point it out when they were taking a sonogram of it I was like no it's like right here because that's where I feel it at and he was like wait you can feel it I was like yeah you know it kind of burns <laughs> wow and then you know sure enough he'd go point so was like oh yeah yeah there's a whole group of nodules right there
1: so was your Was the inside of your throat look like a pickle with the pimples all over it or something?
0: Yeah, you would see, um, like, it would just have, like, these little uh, nodes just all over it, just kind of not really in any kind of specific area. And then uh, when I, last year, when I did the last uh, sonogram, uh, you know, it's completely clear, but he's, like, still pointing out all the scar tissue that's left on it.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I have scars from things. Everybody has a scar, too.
0: Yeah, so he was like saying, "Well, it's like, well, this shadow right here, this is all scar tissue, so it's still affecting the uh, the function of it. But uh, you know, we don't want to see the no- nodules there because if they continue, then we got to take the the thyroid out, and then your life is going to be way different after that. So I was like, okay, well, yeah. good, we got the got to it before the before we had to do a surgery to get get rid of it.
1: Yeah, that's scary because I had an aunt who had her." hers removed and she had like this big basically a chunk out of her neck and she yeah had, um, she had a lot of problems sleeping and she had to eat certain food and she was just a hot mess hope that never happens i think you'll be fine though um <laughs>
0: yeah doing this yeah definitely uh I, i've had a friend who was a nurse and she had her thyroid removed no, i think it was partially removed yeah uh mood swings you know, one day she'd be like nice and friendly to you. The next day she, you know, doesn't want to talk to you.
1: Cut your head off. Well, that yeah, sounds like yeah. me. <laughs> I'm just well, kidding. So, so, uh,
0: so far you've been rather nice.
1: <laughs> I uh, I do, a, I think a lot more than I say. How about we just put it that way?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Think before so, you speak.
1: And I'm, well, no, that's not what I mean. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm very compulsive. But what I meant is, there's a lot of things that I don't, that I keep to myself about other people and things that I don't share, but um, I know I'm an extrovert. I talk to everybody. I talk what, to what, are,
0: what, about what are you a good person who doesn't talk behind people's backs? What is this?
1: No, I try to be, I mean, I mean, look at me with my guilt about Hillary coughing. Come on. <laughs>
0: No, I, I get but, um, it. I totally understand. That's I'm that. one of
1: those people that I've done a lot of things in my early life that I regret and learned the hard way about. How about you put it that way?
0: Yeah, yeah. Works.
1: Um, somebody comes to me and starts talking shit about somebody, then I know they're talking shit about me, too. And I just don't. Well, I'm not one of those people.
0: Yeah, that's actually a good way to look at it because you know if they're saying something behind the back of uh, person A, then you know you're going to be person B at some point.
1: Oh, absolutely. And you know what? Um, It's not for me to worry about. Another thing that I like to do besides being libertarian and ignoring what the government tells me to eat and and being healthy and getting into keto is um, I've practiced, I've learned and practiced stoicism. And it's not like, you know, being a guy standing in the corner strong and ignoring everything. It's basically... A philosophy where you kind of you understand the emotion that you're that you're given and you accept it for what it is and you reflect on maybe why you had it but then you move on and you don't dwell you don't dwell on the negative crap or you don't dwell on the like they're they're the, the the basic tenet of stoicism is bad things and bad people are going to happen regardless of what you do
0: yeah and there's nothing that you can do to control that either but what
1: what you can control is how you respond
0: yeah that's the only thing you can control is your reaction to it
1: right and
0: And uh i can can bring up some uh, sci-fi nerd stuff uh you know
1: (laughs) sometimes the best reaction is to just not have one
0: yep Mm -hmm. and uh so that was like the main difference between vulcans and romulans You know, basically the same species, but Romulans let their emotions get the better of them, and Vulcans learned how to keep that under control. So,
1: okay,
0: that's a little bit of Star Trek uh, trivia for those of you out there who actually care. (laughs) Not not BJ Uh, right now, but uh,
1: (laughs) no, I mean, besides sports ball and um, what was the other thing?
0: Uh, video games,
1: yeah, sports ball and gaming, you can add sci fi to that.
0: most of it's I mean, terrible listen,
1: the most the most kind of like you know sort of fantasy like i ever got into was i i liked the never-ending story because the kids i babysat were into it and so it was kind of sentimental I by think the way
0: he, still the saddest scene in any movie is when the horse is going into the pit of eternal despair
1: <sighs> i know
0: i was but like then, i was sitting there like i was like oh yeah yeah let me show this to the little 10 year old he's gonna think this movie is great and he gets to that point and he's like what are you trying to show me
1: right and then and then i think what did he sit at? didn't he sit at the side of the swamp for like five days or something and cry and like yeah yeah really dude so so that the dark crystal and lord of the rings like that's as, as weird shit as i get um, yeah
0: the dark crystal which uh, just came back on netflix by the way
1: oh my god is that when i when i think back about watching that i was like did my parents eat acid and show this to me
0: <laughs> yeah the skeptics were freaking scary they a were. little vulture people running around
1: well, even well even the little like the girl and boy muppets were even oh
0: yeah out. the gelfings yeah 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 i
1: mean i'm sorry
0: i'm a huge nerd i actually know the names of all this stuff
1: yeah. well no when you say the names i remember them but i yeah. don't memorize to that extent but as soon as you say i'm like oh, that's what they were called that's okay that's what they were called that's their <laughs> um i like to think of uh, somebody was talking about wendy williams one day just like recently and somebody posted a reaction gif of the lady that takes her eyeball out and i was like that's her nah (laughs) i forgot her name i was hoping you'd know it but there goes my joke
0: nope that flew right over my head
1: not all the rest of them remembered though
0: yes yes there'll be people in the audience that'll that'll know exactly what we're talking about
1: they can chime in and we can say ding 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 ding."
0: yeah that i can go points
1: points internet points but yeah so lord (laughs) of the rings i got into that because I was reading it with um, some kids I babysat and also when the trilogy came out my nephew was like literally up to his eyeballs in fanaticism over this yeah 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 so I got him all the DVDs as they came out as gifts and we watched them all the time at my house and so you know he was like I don't know somewhere between eight and ten when those three came out yeah um so that was kind of that was those are really the only sci-fi things I really kind of get into yeah, whenever can, there's like a, whenever there's like a new movie out or something and somebody's like oh you gotta see that it's kind of libertarian and fun and i'm like okay but is it like dystopian or people hovering around in spacecrafts i'm not into it <laughs> no and that's
0: uh that J.R.R. tolkien he he kind of knew what was up i mean i think he was a little bit anarchist himself
1: well see the, the thing yeah. is is i i liked um i really liked the story and I liked um i guess it's just really eye candy to me it's just something you know when you look at it, and it's just a lot to take in. You know the battles and the and it's just. um But as far as like the story and stuff goes, I'm like, eh, I I can accept the ending for what it is. I'm not going to go write fan fiction with a bunch of geeks, you know, and like not. <laughs> you know, I want to continue it, and like all these people have to be lovers now, and no, we have to ship this person and do this. Yeah,
0: and- you know, because without fan fiction, we wouldn't have gotten Fifty Shades of Grey. You know, that was a uh, uh, Twilight fan fiction first
1: god please let's not (laughs) go some of the stuff that people find entertaining is very questionable
0: oh yeah yeah there's there's some stuff you can sit there and just watch like a few minutes of it and it's like people are tuning into this huh
1: but but you know if you think about what we are right now we're really we're really fucked up as a side as a culture as a society the west is like we're a hot mess i mean it's no wonder people watch this stuff. It's like they're either looking to escape reality or cause it's really bad or um, we're that fucked up that this is cool, you know, and neato. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm one of those people that no matter how bad reality gets, I prefer it over this other stuff. Yeah. So, like
0: To me, some of that stuff is we've got it so good that we've got to watch, uh, you know, a reality show where there's going to be a problem you
1: know oh god we're not
0: so used to having a problem that that we have to make it up like restless leg syndrome
1: right or you know some of yeah some of the ones where it's like the housewives and they like make up to go to mexico just so they can have a drama and have these two girls fight and not talk to each other for a week about
0: yeah 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 so i mean there's nothing really that bad going on in your life i mean you open the tap and water's going to come out of it yeah
1: it's that's definitely another form of escapism and i have been guilty of watching that crapola and enjoying it and going god my life is great compared to these bitches what are they fighting over now you know oh manola blonic shoes the other one stole the other ones like okay those shoes cost as much as my rent each month but okay
0: yeah and you know i i can't imagine 1800 hundred dollar pumps are probably all that comfortable anyways so
1: no i'm one of those (laughs) i'm one of those people that has like sensible shoes you know and the I think the tallest heel I have is three inches. That's cool. So,
0: that's like that's enough.
1: <laughs> it really is. Like, well, I mean, if it wasn't for my, if it wasn't for my neuropathy, maybe I'd wear the taller ones and the pointier ones. But it's too dangerous.
0: Yeah, it's like even women that don't have any of that, uh, any of those problems, I, I still don't want them walking in heels because I can, I can only imagine what that's doing to their feet all oh, day long. Okay. It's like ah. Oh. And then yeah. you'll see them around the office later on, you know, then they've got the, uh, the sport shoes on.
1: Right. Yeah. Massaging their feet under their desk and trying, yeah. not, trying not to look like they're in, in intense pain.
0: It's like just wear a regular pair of shoes. You can, you can wear flats. No one's going to think any less of you.
1: Well, it's, I mean, there's, there's some heels that look really great on women that are also comfortable at the same time because they're not outrageously fitting or too tall. And there's women who were such a slave to fashion that they will wear the most hideous high heels. And you can see that they're in pain walking and they, and they're kind of clunky. Yeah. Did you not try them out in the store? What the fuck are you doing?
0: Nope. Bought it just by the way it looks and Amazon delivers to the house.
1: Well, I think most of these girls go to like the, the store, like they go to the mall and like put them on and, and um, you know, and they're just kind of like clunk, clunk, clunk. And they're not like doing the heel toe thing. Yeah. You can't do that with those shoes if they're super tall and it's like, you just know there's suffering inside. And I'm like, Oh, you poor thing.
0: It's like when you get home at night, I know your knees, your back, your ankles, just everything hurts because of the way you're wearing these stupid. Well, yeah, and then
1: and then your foot is going to be shaped like a Christmas tree. Yeah. Like yeah. I've got I've got Fred, Fred Flintstone feet, and I'm keeping them. <laughs> and you know what? If I wear a pair of pointy-heeled shoes or pointy-toed shoes, I'll, I'll, I'll only go as far as where the 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 toe starts to point because that's where your toe box is supposed to land. You're right. But but what they actually do is they shove their foot all the way into the corner of the shoe and they make their foot, the shape of the shoe. Yeah. Don't think you're supposed to wear them that way. You're supposed to wear them so that the toe, the pointy toe is just space.
0: Yeah.
1: You're supposed to just have, yeah, you're like, not supposed
0: to have a cute little, uh, you know, middle toe poking out from underneath. No. Yeah.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Why do women do that? There's actually articles out there and you see like people having x-rays, their foot is shaped like the shoe. Yeah, I'm like what are you doing? Like the,
0: like the toes are all like bent over <laughs> each other. Yeah, and then you're just like, uh, don't do that. Your your foot is supposed to splay out when you when you step on it. You know,
1: right, right. And and it's like, ouch, I can't. It's like gives me a menstrual cramp thinking about it.
0: Yeah, so crazy, so crazy. But anyway, well, that was two hours. So. Yeah.
1: Almost, yeah.
0: Yeah, just about. Uh, I think that's actually a pretty good uh, place to to cut it right there. Is there uh, any uh, plugs or uh, any mentions that you that you want to get out there tonight?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you if you want to start keto and you're looking for some good ketchup recipes, <laughs> uh, and
0: callbacks, callbacks, and always callbacks,
1: and really, really good articles. I guess I, I had a couple of keto um, physicians reach out to me and ask me if I'd write articles for them. So we'll see. But yeah, there you go. I'm going to take that as high praise that they're good. So if you go to Ketolicious, it's literally keto, L-I-S-H dot U-S. So Ketolicious. licious um, oh, I see. I said it
0: wrong at the beginning. Thanks for uh, clarifying you know, it was, that. Yeah. It
1: was fine because you spelled it out, ketolish.us. And yeah. that, that's the actual address of the website. Um, and um, you can sign up for my newsletter and it will let you know whenever there's a new recipe coming out, I send them out um, Wednesdays. So I usually post the recipes on Tuesdays and the articles are a little less frequently and a little long, longer rambling and almost as long as this podcast.
0: <laughs> well, I think, uh, I think you'll probably take the the award for longest interview that I've had so far. So ah,
1: head smack. You can yeah. edit some if you want.
0: <laughs> no, there's a, I actually don't really do a whole lot of editing. I like, uh, like chill out with the, uh, the background noise of the uh, microphone and, uh, and maybe truncate a little bit of the silence, but, uh, yeah, I think you'll still be way ahead of, uh, Sherry voluntary who, who clocked in at an hour 20. So.
1: Well, what can I say? I love conversations and I can't, I can't text these things with you, Eric, and have as much fun. So.
0: That's very true. Very true. So. All right, BJ. Well, thank you uh, for coming on. Uh, this was, uh, this was awesome. And I guess we'll have to have you back on at uh, some other point when I decide to do a, uh, diet and exercise, uh, episode again. So, well, thanks
1: I'll, for having me, Eric, and I'm glad you're doing so well, and cheers to you and your family, and take care.
0: All right, will do. Thanks a lot. Yep, bye-bye. All right, bye. Okay, and we got some uh, questions from the old uh, Anchor uh, messages, and let's uh, check this out. Hi, Eric. Um, I'd like to ask you a question about the uh, electability of Libertarian Party candidates. Um, My assessment is that the Libertarian Party has not done a good job of electing candidates because we are the party of principle, and therefore we don't compromise very often whenever it comes to debates and implementation of policy. So my question to you is, uh, which strategy would you prefer, and could you kind of elaborate on a more incrementalist strategy versus a no-compromising type strategy? All right, thanks, love the show. Okay, so a uh, no compromise versus an incrementalism type of thing. Uh, Well, as the elections chair of the uh, Libertarian Party of Louisiana, uh, I want the candidates to go out there and educate first, and this will probably be more of an incremental type of of thing, and also no compromise. Uh, So, basically, if you had a a candidate running for any kind of local office, um, let's forget president and vice president and all that for right now, uh, or any of the federal offices, uh, where libertarians I think could do the most change would be at home. Okay. All politics is local. Okay. You have a much greater chance of affecting those around you than you do out there on the national level or on even just in your state level. So try to keep everything as local as possible. Uh, the moment that you start, educating your friends family neighbors and everything to the ideas of liberty and remember this is all stuff that people have forgotten you know their great-grandparents kind of knew all this stuff going through the depression and everything they knew they didn't need a government to help them out if they lived away from a city that is (laughs) but yes uh candidates should be educating the people uh you know, they have to go out there and knock on doors. They have to go out there and meet people at, uh, you know, the farmer's markets and any other little get-togethers and everything. And, you know, don't be afraid to take questions. And a lot of those questions may be a little bit uncomfortable for libertarians to answer, you know, such as, you know, no police, no military, and this type of stuff. But, um, yes, I think it all starts from an education first, and then uh, once— libertarians do actually start getting elected then we need to start following through on those principles and this is where the no compromise comes in and personally i think the stated goal of a libertarian office needs to be decentralized and repeal so you need to take power away from a central authority and you need to repeal bad laws okay don't be coming up with new laws on your own unless it's just to repeal another one so you know I, i'm of two minds about that you know I'm an anarchist in principle and in idealism and everything, but I still think there might be a little bit of a solution, at least on the local level, um, because I I just think there's more accountability, a little more uh, of a foot in the door, because you already live in your neighborhood. You know, if if you're just going to run for like a city council or like here in Louisiana Parish Council or something – you can probably affect a lot more change than you could if you're running for you know the second congressional district of Louisiana as a congressman. you know it, it I don't think any real kind of change is going to be made on the federal level or even on the state level. so politics are local. get involved in the local area first and start educating people there and eventually, if we're all doing our part, even if we're getting one percent Of the population around you, it's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a big deal real quick. Okay. All right, and now we're going to move on to Zeal Twitter for the questions, and as soon as I can pull it up here. (laughs) Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Where was it at? You see, I had everything bookmarked, and now I don't. You get a loaf. technology sometimes let's see ah okay uh so this one uh comes from spike the squeaky libertarian so that's at squeak freak on twitter uh and he had a problem so i'm just going to read you the tweet that he sent uh eric someone a very good friend of mine said that this really stupid thing i want to know how you'd respond And so then he's going to quote here. Yeah, I support the military. They have to go start shit out there, so we don't lose our freedoms from our government here. And he literally couldn't comprehend this stupidity, and I can't comprehend that stupidity either. Um, If you want to support the troops, uh, don't be starting shit across the globe. (laughs) You know, being a you know technically I'm a veteran. I was only in the army for five months and twenty two days. Uh, and i don 't ever claim that veteran status, but if you really wanted to support the troops, don 't send them all over the place. let's definitely don't send them to Iran, which has a little more capable military than that of Iraq or Afghanistan. Uh, don't be sending them all over the world to do the bidding of Wall Street. You know uh, that 's how you can support the troops. Uh, also, if you have friends and family that are in the military, you need to convince them to get out. Okay. I don't know how you do that. Maybe just point out all of the flaws that uh, current administration, the past administrations have all laid a line of BS on everybody about what goes on in the world. And the John Boltons of the world, uh, it, you know, they're not their friends. And I get it. You know, I was 18 once. Yes. I liked rock and roll music and I liked machine gun fire and I like blowing shit up. All right. All that is very fun. Guess what? You can do that. At home. (laughs) If you want to get trained on how to do all that stuff, you just got to apply some coin to it. But going out there to start shit so we don't lose our freedoms here at home, and especially from our government. The military is the government. There's no separation there. So if you're, my my freedoms don't lie in an Iraqi oil field, they don't lie in some lithium mine in Afghanistan or in a poppy field in Afghanistan. They definitely don't lie, you know, in Tehran. You know, they they don't lie with uh, in Africa trying to trying to squeeze out the Chinese for making roads and everything. That, that's not where my freedoms are. My freedoms are here. And you know the the old cliche saying: if the troops really were trying to defend our freedom, they would attack Washington. You know, that that cliché, that little jokey saying that we have, it, it does ring true. So, yeah. Uh, let me see. Did I have any others? Uh, okay, this one from uh, Steppy. So, that's at please no. Uh, <laughs> marry, fuck, kill. Monarchy, democracy, or theocracy? Ooh. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I think I would uh, marry monarchy. I'd... F- fuck democracy and then i would definitely kill theocracy but i mean really that's calling of all the same thing but <laughs> if i just had to dead reckoning right now yeah yeah in that order yeah <laughs> so all right guys well that's been the uh, the questions for this week uh i hope you enjoyed the uh, little interview i did with uh be and uh so be looking forward to her uh stuff on uh, on Twitter with the uh, the low carb stuff and everything uh, I think we made some progress here trying to trying to get some people convinced that uh, no you don't need popcorn no you don't need sugar so uh, so that'll do it for this week uh, coming up next week uh, gonna have some more interviews maybe I might even do a solo podcast again but uh, we'll see. Uh, so let's get into the plugs. If you uh, find any kind of value in this, uh, please uh, support the show. Uh, i got uh, patreon.com still, uh, subscribestar.com, uh, bitbacker.io. So if you've got that crypto burning a hole in your wallet, I will definitely take it off your hands, no problem. <laughs> and I'm not going to get on Instagram and try to scam you about it either. Uh If you uh, want a t-shirt or a coffee mug, uh, go over to teespring.com forward slash rebel with a cause podcast. And I've got t-shirts and mugs out there. Uh, Going to start working on some new designs and put them up there. Uh, I got some ideas for some Spanish language stuff because I just think that's hilarious. And maybe a different kind of coffee mug that may not even be libertarian themed, but I think would be kind of funny. Uh, So other than that, guys, uh, thank you for listening. uh, And we'll see you again next week. Out.